Let's start off small here. What is your favorite color? <laughs> you know, it's shifting right now. It's kind of in, it's kind of in, in flux here. It, it's green, but it's also starting to be purple. I don't know why, but there you have it. What three things do you like to do for fun? Well, I think maybe I've mentioned before uh, improvisation. That's my, main, that's my main source of fun. Had a lovely workshop all day yesterday about improvising songs. That was a blast. Um, and then I play banjo terribly. Uh, and um, well, I write. I write stories. Those are my, those are my fun things. What is one hopeful thing, first thing that pops into your mind? First thought, best thought. Um, I did a few weeks ago, no, man, it's over a month ago now, time. Um, every year I get invited over to the high school for their humanities class because they do a world religions unit every year and they invite local clergy to come in and talk about their faith traditions from personal experience. And so I've, I've taught about Unitarian Universalism in the high school for, for an afternoon for a decade now. Uh, and every, every year, uh, those 17, 18 year olds ask the most sharp, incisive, good questions about what's going on. They're in tune. They pick up stuff. They're not asleep at all. They're, uh, they're amazing, and they're fun to talk with, too. And if they can keep that kind of sharp and open and insightful questioning going on, I think we're in good shape in the future. Whatever its flaws, Traditional religion places significant emphasis on its adherents becoming better, kinder, more generous people. How does Unitarian Universalism speak to making us better than we are, particularly in our individual relationships? This has been the topic of my preaching, I think, for almost this whole church year now because that's where my personal focus has been. I talk a lot about the purpose of us getting together is to learn to become more fully human, to become the whole person that we are, to do that in our own practices, and to come together with one another to reflect back upon one another what we see in one another. Now, this is me. This is the program, how I'm writing it right now. So, in terms of how does Unitarian Universalism call us to be better people, especially in our individual relationships, we have our principles, and I think contained within there are the motivations and the grounding for becoming better people and treating one another better and having better personal relationships, but they're so broad so open to interpretation, I don't know that it's the same thing from church to church to church. I think it gets filtered through each one of our own perceptions, 
Uh, and since I have your undivided attention for 20 minutes at a time every, every Sunday, it certainly gets filtered through my own interpretations of what it means to be a Unitarian Universalist and a human being here in this community. My focus, well here, I'm gonna give you the words I've been repeating uh, over the last several weeks here, of being able to approach one another with a willingness to trust, that's, that's huge. Because if we can't trust in our relationships, we can't have the relationships to begin with. Um, everything else follows trust. Trust leads us to love, leads us to openness to new things, leads us to openness to the new things we're finding within ourselves as we interrelate with one another, leads us to get deeper with ourselves than we might do on a day-to-day -day basis when we're walking through the world outside these walls and the culture is based more on a sense of mistrust, stranger danger, don't get involved. Um, that is my Unitarian Universalist concept of being better and being in relationship with one another. I don't know if you'll find it anywhere else. I might be surprised, you might be surprised. But that's my answer for today. Yeah. Honesty precedes trust. Yeah, it's not a perfect answer. <laughs> um, the way I framed it in the last few sermons is this. It's, it's a willingness to trust, not a blind trust walking into everything, because people do, people are imperfect and they do let us down. But it's rather which instinct are we starting a first contact with? Am I going to put up a wall so I don't have to worry about it or am I gonna be open to perhaps a new connection? Yeah. I have friends who are curious about attending but are intimidated by a whole service. What is a good, easy way to dip their toes in? Um, watch a video. We're all pretty good at that. We live stream each one of these. It goes up on YouTube afterwards, and you can pick and choose which parts of the service you want to pay attention to. I suggest the sermon. I'm biased, I'll admit. Um, and that is actually how a lot of people find their way to us. They're, they explore on the outside for a while, and I've talked to numerous people who've come in for the first time saying, oh yeah, I know who you guys are. I've been watching the videos for a little while, working up and finding my way in and finding the courage to finally show up. So if the tool works, share it with everybody. I think that's a, I think that's a good way. Where does our pledge money go? How can I give service to the Unitarian Church of Los Alamos? Where is the raven? Thank you, John. 
Let me do these in reverse order. Uh, where is the raven? The raven is on, Crow is on sabbatical. She's, uh, she took a little trip. Uh, she'll be back in July, and hopefully in the fall we can get back together and have a chat with you all again. How you can give service to the Unitarian Church. Um, find ways to volunteer here. Say yes to opportunities when you are invited to do something. Um, share your talents with us and give us some time because that's honestly right now what we're most in need of. Um, it's been a slow returning after pandemic and people are trying to find their way back in and dip their toes in. Um, and so what we've got right now is a core of like 20 people who are helping make everything happen. And it gets to be a lot of work for all of us after a while. Um, it takes a lot of effort to keep a church going on Sunday morning and from week to week. So if there are ways that you can give from top of your intelligence, the talents that you have, if there's some way to contribute and some way we can find to hook you up with something that works that way, um, seek that out. Let me help you find something um, and pay attention when the calls for help go out over our various channels. It's, uh, it's a good way to serve. It's a good way if you've been looking to figure out how to, how to get in here, but much like watching the videos and you want to get closer and more connected with the church, if you're coming in for the first time, it's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to get involved and feel some sense of ownership of the congregation because the congregation is you. As to where your pledge money goes, I have a practical answer and I have a philosophical answer. And I'm going to be talking about this next week because we'll be kicking off our annual canvas then too. So let me give you the brief answer and I'll go into detail next week. There's your, there's your invitation to come back again. Um, practically, the majority of the money that we raise through pledges and through our other income streams goes to paying salary and benefits for myself and the staff. And that's typical for any organization, really. I think we're somewhere between 75 and 80% of our income goes to that. Um, and the rest to program expenses and all the exciting things like insurance and utilities and building maintenance and things like that. Um, philosophically, where pledge money goes is to maintaining the various programs that the church is carrying out in service of its mission, both inside the walls and out in the community. So I, I tried a couple of years ago, and I'm actually working on it right now for the Canvas materials for this year, a pie chart of money split out by the mission, by how those dollars get spent. So we could look at, as, at it as Tina's salary and benefits are part of the RE mission of the church, but it's also tied up in program dollars and practical things and, and utensils, that's not the right word, supplies. Um, 
but also a piece of what I am paid to do is also religious education. So some percentage of what I'm getting paid is part of that RE mission. And some percentage of what I'm getting paid or what Tina is getting paid are part of the social justice mission of the church. And a portion of that is pastoral care. And a portion of salaries are the music program, along with the money that we spend on sheet music. and licenses to broadcast the music every week on the live stream and things like that. Um, and the mission is really how I want to push this for folks. And you'll see me focusing on this over the next several weeks. Um, because how we carry out the mission is, I'm pretty sure, what gets you all invested in being a part of this congregation. Uh, nobody joins a congregation because they want to be the chairperson of a board or a committee. Nobody joins a congregation because they want to help pay the light bill. People become part of a congregation because there's something that we're doing either amongst our people or out in the community that you want to be a part of and you want to support. Um, and so the question is, what of that do you value? And as mercenary as it sounds, what's the dollar amount of that value to you? Um, because that's, that's how we keep it going. Um, yeah, a lot of it is, is, is staff time, but that staff time is spent towards steering that mission and making sure we're on course and having opportunities for people to participate. Hope that, I hope that helps. What is my favorite food? I think it would be easier to list what is not my favorite food. <laughs> Liver? Uh, actually, no. I, you know, I've never really eaten it. I can't say that I don't like it. That would be wrong. Um, Hard winter squashes, don't like them much. Uh, sweet potatoes, not my favorite thing. I'll eat them, not my favorite thing. Um, yeah, that's probably it, honestly. <laughs> I, I am, I am uh, the, the, the platonic ideal of the omnivore otherwise, I guess. What is your biggest fear? Mm. Uh, on a phobia level, it's heights and claustrophobia. But those are minor. Um, my greatest fear is that none of this matters. This is, this is intangible work, mostly. This is counter to how the world operates in a lot of ways. And I spend a lot of time talking about what a better world might look like, because the stories we tell shape us. But I know that what goes on outside these doors is a hurdle. 
is hard to love. The divisions are, are, are hurtful. The knowledge that we can't really affect how other people behave in the world is frustrating. But we keep showing up every Sunday, and I keep getting up here every Sunday, trying to pump out that alternative story, the one that I hope will shape us. And I know we are small. We are small, but we are mighty. And really my greatest fear is that all of our time and our effort and our money and our resources and our passions and everything that I pour into what happens here won't matter in the face of it all. Is it possible to bring back movie night? Can we plan a spring or warm weather church picnic? Yes and yes. Yes, we absolutely can. I will admit, um, I haven't been watching movies with an eye towards preaching about them in several years. I am in it totally for the escapism of late, for reasons we can probably all understand. Um, so, movie nights, yes. Whether or not I preach on them, we'll see. Um, and yeah, we can absolutely have a warm weather picnic. We were talking about it in one committee or another this week. I don't remember which one because they all kind of smushed together. Um, but yes, to head out to like Urban Park on maybe the last Sunday of the church year after a service and go uh, have the pavilion and play around and use the tennis courts and grill some good stuff. I, I think we absolutely should do that this year. And there's a follow-up question here. Um, what movie genres do you like? Drama, horror, etc. Um, my favorite genre is something well-written that doesn't treat me like I'm stupid. That is my favorite movie genre. Uh, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I also like a good dumb movie every once in a while because I do need to turn my brain off, but I will watch anything in any genre if it gives me something to chew on, challenges the way that I see the world, makes me do the work, treats me like I'm smart. Um, which is, this is something I've been teaching my improv students for the last year now too, is, is on the topic of trust, trust your audience. The audience wants you to tell them that you think they're smart and I like movies that do that with me as well. Um, and anything science fiction. Who are some of your heroes, heroines? It would be easier to list who is not my, no. Um, my heroes. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Um, this is a hard question. Also because when I see images of faces in my head, I lose the words for the names sometimes, so I can try to describe what they look like to you, maybe. Um, you 
Yeah, I landed on Mr. Rogers and I'm stuck there and I know there's more, but I think that's a pretty good one to start with. If we are to be a tolerant people, must we not then be tolerant of that which is intolerable? How many are familiar with Karl Popper's tolerance paradox? Karl Popper is a, a philosopher who writes that in order to have a truly tolerant society, we have to be intolerant of the intolerable, otherwise it all gets shut down. Um, and I don't know that we're called to be a tolerant people. Several reasons. Here, I'm, I'm giving you the mini version of a sermon that's like in its third week of gestation. Um, I've grown weary of the word tolerance. Because I don't think it's a good enough word. I don't think it rightly describes what it is we are actually trying to build here which is a just world and a fair world and a world where we can be one. Um, tolerance smacks to me lately of acceptance is the better word. Tolerance over the years and I think throughout history has often been practiced with a look towards if you can conform to my expectations, I will tolerate your existence. Tolerance is acceptance on my terms. Acceptance is acceptance of the person in and of themselves for who they are, whoever they are. So, looking at it that way, tolerance in terms of being intolerant of the intolerable makes some sense because by God, yes, I'm going to set some terms and some boundaries for what is acceptable within the just society that I am trying to build. And if you can't be the kind of person who as, is, is as accepting and open as the rest of us are trying to be, if you are a crack in the foundation, a point of division within that world we're trying to build, maybe go work on that before you find your place here. Um, these are all very random, squishy thoughts right now. It's a thing that's been, been floating in my head for a while, but acceptance is the key. Um, because you can accept almost anything, including the reality of when things aren't quite right. Because when you can accept that, you can address it and start to work on it and start to try to pick it apart until it becomes something that is part of the larger community we're trying to build. I can accept that people are cruel. Because now I have something tangible that I can, I can start to work on. I can accept that 
society isn't fair. And then I've acknowledged a reality and I can start to change that as well. Um, yeah, totally random, no good conclusion to that one, but that's, uh, th that's been part of my struggle over the last couple of years, so some insight into that. This went longer than I thought it would. As Unitarian Universalists, how should we deal with the current political use of woke? Um, Two-word answer, reject it. The way the word woke is being used politically right now is as a bludgeon against people who want to work against injustice, who want to acknowledge, accept that the world is a certain way so that we can begin to make the changes. And the word woke came out of the black community in the form of a phrase, stay woke, which meant don't stop paying attention to where systemic injustice is impacting your life and your community. And now that word has been taken as being used as a political tool to silence people, to judge people, to call it an evil. And whenever someone flips the meaning of a word like that, sets a definition to it, instead of trying to run away from the word, refuse to play the game. Don't, don't acknowledge that, or don't accept, don't accept in this case, the terms of the game and the rules that they're setting for it in the way that they use a word. It has a meaning that has deep relevance, especially within communities like ours who are working towards injustice. When you let somebody else set the terms of the game, set the rules of the game, you're playing by their rules if you're feeding into it. Um, so yeah, reject the politicized interpretation of the word woke, because it's not what it means. And we need to take the air out of it, because it's hurting a lot of people. I'm gonna do one last one here so we don't go too long over time. I've got a couple others here and I apologize if I didn't get to yours. Sometimes I struggle to say, I am a Unitarian. I say I attend, I hang out with people, but it's harder to say, I am one. Why and should I worry and should I try to fix this? We talk about membership as a pathway, as a road in. And I, for one, want people to walk it at their own pace. Because when you commit to being a member of this community, you're committing to a faith tradition. And I want people to be able to say sincerely they have made a choice to be part of this community and they understand what it means and they want to be a part of that. And Lost my train of thought. 
I want people to take their time. I don't want to rush anybody in. I don't want to do like I did, which is at this age, you're making this commitment, whether you like it or not, get in there, say the words, because it ended up not meaning much. Um, I want it to mean something. I also want you to know you, you, you can claim you're a Unitarian Universalist without fully being a member. Um, admit you come here. Somebody might want to come with you. Um, but take your time. I'm going to afford you the time. Um, take all you need. That's it for the questions right now. And now it is time for our offering. <laughs>